Welcome to the Influent Podcast, developing leadership, building success, and influencing society. For more resources, visit us online at influent.life. Hi, Bob Frazier. Welcome to Influent Live. And we are here with super special guest today. And his name is Cody Purcell with House Guys USA. He's the owner. And he is reforming and transforming the inner city through real estate. Has an absolutely amazing story. And uh, 153 homes that you're responsible for. Yeah, that's right. In the hood. That's right. We make the hood look like it should. Wow, that's what we do. <laughs> awesome. So started out in ministry. Yeah. And using the business to fund the ministry. That's right. You know? That's and right. And so walk us through a little bit of your story. Okay, so I, um, yeah, you're exactly right. So I started off um, very ministry focused, went to a Christian college, and I planned on being a youth pastor or a pastor and trying to figure out how can I do full-time ministry, right? Sure. That was the, that was the golden ticket for- Sure, because that's, the, that's the only thing God cares about. Yeah, right? full-time ministry, you gotta get in those four walls and-, and, and We're of course on, so. joking. Yeah, Read sorry. my book, Marketplace Christianity, <laughs> and we make the point that, you know, no, everything we touch and everything we do is a ministry. That's right. So I, yes, I honestly was kind of forced into business. I had no business background. Um, my wife and I went to Dallas for church ministry training to become church planners. And I, at the time, was an educator. And I got forced into construction. And because I didn't, I was just, the, all the doors were closed. The Lord just opened only one door for me, and it was construction. And so I started doing remodeling and learning the whole side of business. The whole time I'm praying, God, give me a, give me a business that's flexible for ministry. Mm-hmm. Right? I was, I, you can look back at my journals. Every day I was like, God, give me a job that's passive flexible. Passive income. Passive income so I can do ministry. Right? I had this dichotomy rather than it being all together. And thankfully the Lord had blessed, um, had just prodded me and pushed me in the right direction because... Uh, here I am now, and I have real estate and passive income, but it's and the ministry is all, all together. And so you started you 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 early on had a had a real heart for poverty yeah. and 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 those kind yeah, of things. Right. So so but then funny funny thing you started in the inner city because yeah, yeah, yeah. it was cheap to get <laughs> started. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> you so, could buy right. houses. We're not much so money. So growing up really poor, I had a real, I've always had a real affection for the, the downtrodden, just the homeless. In fact, even in college, I would invite homeless people in my dorm, which you're not supposed to do that, but I would. <laughs> and, um, but I, I did ministry in Juarez, orphanage. We, we, we help out mm. in an orphanage there. Even before getting into real estate, my wife and I would go to Juarez, Mexico and help. So we always had this heart for poverty. And you know, this whole time, the inner city, the ghetto was kind of far removed from me. I didn't really think that I had poverty in my own backyard, right? And so I started searching for passive income, started reading books on real estate. How can I get passive income for ministry? And so I end up being able to get into the inner city market because it was affordable and started getting rentals and connecting with investors. And it just progressed. And all along, not realizing that the Lord was calling me to, some, calling me to a ministry that was business, that yeah. was all of it together. And so you're doing things really different than other landlords are doing yeah. in the inner city. And primarily, tell us. Well, um, yeah, so I, I do feel like we're doing things differently. I feel like, one, um, 
when you partner with heaven, things change. And so um, I feel like the Lord's really given us strategy and wisdom on how to handle, A, the housing component in the inner city, but also the families, right? So a typical property management business, right, is just run like a business. Mm -hmm. You got to get your rent. You got to do the maintenance. We are extremely family oriented. We are a community organization where we are very hands-on with our families. We take really good care of our tenants. We are very responsive with maintenance and we meet with our tenants. If rather Personal. than rather than wow. just going and filing the eviction, right? We set up meetings and we pull in resources from the community wow. to really help, help disciple yeah. them figure out what the issue is That's and right. see if there's some resources to help them. Yeah. That's what we wow. do. Wow. That is awesome. Yeah. So yeah, we've um so my wife and I actually I uh, two years ago, I convinced my wife to move to the inner city. That was a fun, interesting conversation. So we were living in Lee Summit, Greenwood, actually, south of Lee Summit. And um, I said, honey, I think we need to move to the inner city, <laughs> the ghetto. And she was, and, oh, man, um, thing. And true story, the first week we moved into the inner city, I didn't share this with you. The first <laughs> week we moved into the inner city, we had a murder down the street. <laughs> and we had a... Um, Across the street, uh, we had somebody that was held hostage, actually, oh my as gosh. A, uh, in so, a house. So that created a lively conversation so at home? my wife looked at me like, oh, so we're living in the inner city. But um, she, she wouldn't have it any other way now. We, wow. The inner city is, is our city. It's our it's place. Your, it's your home. We, um, we moved to the inner city so we can be a part of the community. We wanted to, ex we wanted to, to experience it. We've, we've mm. immersed ourselves with our families, with our people, with our community. Um, that's where we eat, where we sleep, where we play, where we go to church. Wow. Do, is this pretty well received? What do they think about this? They, you know, crazy you know what? It's, I think white I, guy I've coming gained, in. I've gained a lot of credibility because I live in the inner city. In uh -huh. fact, I, I tell my tenants sometimes, I say, I live in the hood and I live deeper in the hood uh -huh. than you do. So you know? ge so generally people are pretty open if you're yeah. Oh, yeah. trying I, to help them. And, and I feel like it's also, um, I just know that it's God's favor and God's calling in my life. And so when you have that and you actually care for people and when people come into my office and I'm talking to them about housing, they don't see it just as a business yeah. to see that I really. Yeah. So, so Cody, yeah. where do you think this is going? I mean, where, where, so you're, you've kind of have a platform right now, yeah. but it seems like it's, it feels to me like it's just more of a platform yeah. than a finished structure. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. Where do you think it goes? You have any, any idea or right. are you kind of clueless at this point? Well, I'm long for the ride with the Lord, uh, but sure. I do, I do feel like God's given me vision of what it looks like. And we're trying to, I mean, I'm a big dreamer and, and I feel like the Lord's told me, Cody, so go tell me. dream. What do you think? I, I would love to see um, initiatives in other inner cities, similar initiatives. Uh -huh. not, maybe not necessarily house guys. I mean, I would be willing to consider those things, but I, I want, I want other, I want people to own the, the inner cities, uh, the, the, our American economy, the worst part of our American economy is our, our ghettos, our inner city. Yeah. And we need reformers, we need Christian investors who see a heart for the inner city to come in. And my, you know what the Lord's told me? He's like, Cody, develop a model in the right. inner city that makes investors money and changes the city. Right, well, and, and that sounds, that can sound weird, but money is important because, no, because money means scalability, yeah. right? If it's, if, it's not, if it's not producing income, then it's not sustainable. That's right. And it's not expandable. If it is producing income, 
That's right. then you can hire people, you can grow, and and that kind of thing. So so you know profit is is uh, is permission to grow. Yeah. Right. And that's kingdom, by the way. It's kingdom. Yeah. So 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 you you want to create models and see this. Yeah go more and more. Yeah, if we can develop systems and a team and we can establish profitability while making the hood look good, then it's a beautiful kingdom model that can scale. Now, you also talked about buyback KC, right? Yeah. So yeah. tell me, what, what the heck? What are you talking well, about? Well, I gotta give credit where credit's due. That was Jim's, he, he, he coined that <laughs> phrase. But um, if you look at just Jim Mafuccio, my, my partner, yeah. who's been on the show a few times. Yeah. And That's his, his we, thing. We love him. Jim he's and and he's kind of been a mentor to you. Oh, yeah, yeah, he's been a huge mentor of mine. Yeah, he's been an incredible mentor. But um, Jim had this idea, and I've had a similar vision for not only do we want to provide housing as far as rentals, right, for families, but the end game really is also developing a program where you're empowering people to own land, to own wow. property. That's, that's what will restore dignity, and that will really... Right. Bring a lot because of at the end of the day, a renter is is paying money for someone else to own a yeah. property. Yeah. And if that property goes up in value, they're not participating. That's right. So you want to help you want to help the hood buy it buy the hood. Yeah. And own it. And, and, own and they're it. now they're stakeholders. That's it. That's it. Yeah. That's it. And um, I think we can do that through. Um, you know, we have to. There's mm -hmm. a lot of work there. There's a lot of challenges with helping inner city um, families own. Um, houses just, it's just right. there's just challenges. Well, not everybody can be an owner. I mean, you have to figure out how to do the maintenance. Yeah. And I mean, you even shared a story last night when we were chatting about uh, you how you gave a home yeah. to a yeah, homeless right, guy. Right. <laughs> Deeded the whole thing over to him, a good I home, did. right? I did. <laughs> and what, a year later, you yeah, see him panhandling yeah. on the street. Right, right, exactly. And, and so, uh, yeah, we have to develop systems. We have to, um, and the beauty about the inner city is because the, the housing market is so affordable, there's a lot of margins that if we can really steward it well and we can develop um, programs and, and strategies where investors can say, hey, wait a second. So you're telling me that I can make a good return on my money yeah. and I can, I can change one of the, the worst parts of our American right. economy? Right. Sign me up. I, I, exactly. This is, as, as a housing guy, and I, you know, my business is in the real estate world and real estate finance world. And um, I mean, we're, you know, I, I believe you're going to see a pretty good explosion in values in the yeah. lower end of the, of the real estate market. There's simply not enough housing at the low yeah. end. That's right. That's right. And, and to replace these houses, you're, you're talking even the small little houses, it's a couple hundred thousand dollars no, right. in replacement cost yeah. to the, to the, for these things. And, and so, um, you know, the bottom line is this, this, these properties are going up in value and someone's gonna, gonna rape and yeah. why not? And the problem with gentrification, right? There's a, yeah. there's a lot of pushback from yeah. the inner cities against gentrification where yeah, that's right. outsiders come in, fix up the inner city and they get high fives from all the city leaders. Yeah. But the, the people who live there are actually pushed out. That's right and they don't participate in the gains, and th their housing actually becomes unaffordable. That's right, and that's why it's really important for people like us to come in and restore what's already there, and it, because it safeguards low-income families. It's safe. We want to protect families and their housing. And what do you we, mean it's for us to restore? Cause well, if, if we don't restore, then what could potentially end up happening is companies come in and they tear down and they rebuild. Yeah. And so if they rebuild, then just by the nature of it, they, it's gonna be more expensive. 
Got it. And so, so we have to yeah. we have to restore what's, what's rehab there. in place. But even yeah. rehabbing in place, you can still price people out. Yeah. You know, so we want to create ownership. Um, so, so we're looking at you know different programs like seller financing and yeah, other things right, to be able right. to, to to you know give marginal buyers ability yeah. to actually own the home successfully. That's exactly right. So, so you, you've been reading some super interesting books. Yeah, so, I really have. So tell us a little bit about this. Yeah. Okay. You know? So I um I got. I got into the inner city not really understanding the history of what took place. Um, the more and more I've got into it and I've seen, I'm seeing the poverty firsthand, I'm seeing these cycles firsthand, I'm starting to ask the question, you know, why, you know, really, why do they, Where why does do this come from? Yeah. I mean, why, why is there, why and, in America, here it is, right here, this That's right. In huge all prosperous cities. nation and with laws protecting the, the exactly. races and exactly. giving equal opportunity. I mean, huge. In, why inscribed. do we have ghettos? What is the problem? And in why every, is this? And Bob, in every major city, we have right. ghettos. Right. And so what happened, right? right? And my eyes have been really opened up, and this is also really kind of, brought all the pieces together for what the Lord has called me to specifically as a reformer. And it's to, um, it's this abolitionist heart that I have to really see the, the aftermath or the effects of racism and segregation um, to reverse those effects. In all the research that I've done and all the books that I'm reading, I'm seeing a overarching theme that the reason why ghettos exist is because of racism. I mean, just simply put, it's, it's, it's because... Explain that, though. Okay, let's, let's back it up. So you look at all the American policies for real estate development and ownership. While the laws allowed the African-American culture technically to own real estate, it made it nearly impossible. Until really 1970s, it made it nearly impossible for an American, African-American family to own uh, a property. Like there was laws in in, in place. In there the wasn't necessarily laws in place. It's just there's things like redlining. There's just all all different ways that they prevented um, people. You know. Well, and and it was. I mean, prior. I don't know when, but prior, right in the South, I do know because voting was tied to property ownership, right? Yeah, that's right. So there was res there was a lot of resistance yeah. to allowing blacks to own property. Yeah. So that they could control the vote. That's right. See, and those, but those laws are gone. Yeah. But still a lot That's of right. residual things well, were, were in place even up through the 70s, you're saying. Exactly. And so we had a lot of uneven development. We had a lot of segregation, a lot of, a lot of ways where the African, they, they missed out on the real estate wealth um, that a lot of, you know, whites. And most, most wealth has been created through real estate. Exactly I mean, right. if you look at the millionaires, yeah. most millionaires in the nation are real estate millionaires. And so now I'm here in the inner city and I'm, I'm rubbing elbows with my people, and they are, they're my people. It's my, you know, I feel like I'm the unofficial mayor of my hood, you know? And these, <laughs> I'm looking at my people and I'm saying, they missed out on this real estate. Right. And now it's time to restore that. It's time to restore dignity. It's time to revert. As Christians, as reformers, as businessmen, investors, it's not the government's responsibility. It's we the people. It's our responsibility to, to yeah. look at the, you know, I was the same way. I looked at the inner city and I was like, oh, it's just the, these people, they, you know, they're just not thinking right. They need to get out. They, <laughs> they have the same opportunity It's their I fault. Have. Yeah. It's their fault. And while that's true, right, like we were talking before, it is what's between the years. But because of the aftermath, there is this cycle of poverty. And this, they, they are trying to get 
out of the cycle of poverty, but with they don't even know how, they don't right. have the tools, they don't have the encouragement, exactly. the hope, yeah. the parenting, the just even the very very basics that most of us take for and, granted. And unfortunately, the government's solution is welfare, and um, and, and it and, doesn't and really help. And and you know, it doesn't yeah. really help. It, it really it's good-hearted. I, I honestly think. Most politicians are trying, you but know, we, I think they're trying, but it, it doesn't really, right. it's not effective. We need, we need Christians who love real estate and want to get a return, are willing to take a little bit of, of a risk and invest in the inner city and own rentals, um, carry notes, you know, just come in and partner with the inner city and, and different levels so we can reverse the effects, the aftermath of what took place in yeah. our American history, really. Yeah, I know, there was one church in Kansas City uh, the Rock Church, and year, uh, you know, a while back, they were they were going and buying properties in neighborhoods, yeah, right. renovating them, and then getting to know the uh, the residents there, yeah, and inviting need. them to church, praying with their families, this kind of thing, and and really reforming entire neighborhoods yeah. at a time. Yeah. And um, you know, and honestly, it's just a long line of reformers, right? I mean, right. you know, I, I wrote this book uh, a, a couple years ago called Kingdom Horizon, and it's uh, it's about it's about hope for the planet, and I actually trace history. I go through history, and and I, I show how since the time of Jesus for two thousand years, what's changed in the planet, and I'm using data, yeah. and 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 what what you find if you look at my charts is. Around uh, around 500 years ago, there was a, a, a time called the 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 uh, 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 the Age of Enlightenment, led by enti almost entirely Christians who who basically went in and changed all of society. Yeah. I mean, you know, abolished slavery, uh, you know, invented calculus and changed penology, uh, you know, criminology, changed uh, uh, schooling, brought pub brought schooling to you know to the masses and all believers. And what happened is everything went exponential from that point. Yeah. And wow. so, you know, it's interesting because we're having some conversations and, uh, you know, and a lot of people just don't have hope for the future. But I always believe that, 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 that our prayers matter, our prayers are effective, and reformers are effective. That one guy who goes and buys 153 houses and goes and starts getting in people's lives and making a difference, well, what happens if if 10 people do what you do, what happens if a thousand or a million or a billion people do that? I'm That's sorry, right. the planet changes. And, and the heart of God comes into the situation, the ways of God come into the situation, and that is the kingdom of God come on. expanding. Come on. So it yep. matters, and you don't have to, you know, we don't have to go overseas, we don't have to cross an ocean or get on a plane, no. right? It's right here. I'm a missionary. And I'm you, a missionary you, in my. You have as city. much ministry as you can tolerate right now. <laughs> I'm sure, funny, right? right? I feel like I have. I'm a pastor, right? My whole my whole point was to be a minister. Yeah. Well, I have yeah. 153 families that I'm ministering to on a daily basis. A congregation of 153 families. There you go, man. Yeah. I love it. Right. I I love it, and you know, it, it's just so you you pray with these people. Yeah. Yeah. We've actually we've we've had people come to our office. We've prayed for healing. Come on, people, man. Seen people healed. We, uh, yeah, we just, sometimes just the smallest word of encouragement can go a long oh, yeah. way. And sometimes tenants just need to hear that somebody believes in them. I've, like, uh, like you were telling about a guy who just lost a job. And yeah. And I just said, hey, man, you're going to get it, you know. It's like, going to work. You're going to work this out. You're gonna, and like he's never. And he, all of a sudden he just gets. He did. He got to figure it out. Gets a hop in his step, you know. Yeah, they need, they need some people, <laughs> they need believers, they need reformers to 
to believe yeah. in them and to encourage them and to see that. Yeah. And they need people to come by their side and when they have a baby, come check on them and you know, yeah. like they need they need a community. Somebody who yeah. cares and you know, are you do invite people to church too and that kind of thing? Yeah, do you so have a yeah, we, 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 we're attending a local church in the inner city, Sheffield Family Life Center. Awesome. Love that church by the way. And um, Go Sheffield, yeah. come on man. So it's, it's really close to our house so it works out really well. And invite people there, and yeah, that's a great yeah, opportunity. Yeah, it, it is. It is so perfect. And you know, you know, these people—they're not. There's. They're not anti-God, right? I mean, no, no, no. They're. They're so full of need. Yeah. If someone will meet their need, yeah, they get touched. They, they'll, yeah. you know, respond to heaven. And right. We, we have a lot of families that are hard-working families that love their city, and they don't want to leave the inner city. People were thinking, you know, why wow. don't they? Why don't they just get out of there? No, they, they have a heart for their they, neighbors it's their, and their, it's their, their, city, their spot. And they just need an opportunity to have somebody that cares about housing, that cares about seeing the economy change, coming in and do real estate development. Wow. Then that's, that's what will change the inner city. Wow. So one of the books you're reading, tell about this latest one and, and about really about yeah. Kansas City. Yeah. So it's about Kansas City, yeah, right? Yeah, so I'm reading this book right now called um, Race, Segregation, and Uneven Development. And it's just... It's the history of Kansas City. Wow. And it goes through the whole history of how the ghetto took Developed. place. Yeah, and just through redlining and, you know, um, people were just blinded by racism, you know? Wow. Even the even the most well-intended people were just blinded by it and segregation happened and it well, pushed Well, I mean, racism was down. real. I mean, no, really you know, was. it feels like I think a lot of black people, a lot of people would say racism is super alive and well right now. It doesn't feel like that to me, you know, but Certainly not too long ago, it certainly was. I mean, you yeah. go back to the 50s or the 60s, I mean, there's no question. Yeah. You know, I mean, even World War II, clearly. I mean, and so a, a lot of the laws are now encoded to... No, it's true. ...to make it, to make the opportunity. But as you said, we're really dealing with the aftermath of just yeah. the, the incredible nuclear devastation yeah. left behind by these policies. And now we have what I would consider modern-day redlining, which is... Evictions, felonies, and just credit reports. Yeah, we have we have a um, we have a mess. We really do. Yeah. But we can't just be like, hey, man, this is out of sight, out of mind. As reformers, we have to tackle the hardest in order to change our American economy. In order to change America, we have to tackle the yeah. worst areas. And that's you know, Abraham Lincoln did an amazing thing in America by the Emancipation Proclamation, right? right? And and I, I I think Martin Luther King was is a hero, and he's my boy. And yeah, come on, he's man. My hero. Yeah. And and the whole civil rights movement in the '60s, which got all the laws changed and changed the whole mentality in America. One man. He just one one man. Just went one after man. I mean, it is amazing the power of of one in the right the right with the right message at the right time, come right? On. But but now now we're dealing with the cleanup phase. Yeah, that's right. And, and but it's a big cleanup phase. It's not. I don't want to. I don't want to minimize it. It is a big. But it's time phase. to really get behind these families and help fix fathering and the fathering crisis. Fix you know the welfare crisis. Fix the and housing is the hub of all that. If you think about it. Explain it. Housing is the hub. I mean that's where the families live. That's you know housing is not just a place to sleep. Is right. It's a symbol. It's a physical symbol of family. Wow. It's a it's a symbol of worth. Wow. It's a symbol of affluence. You know, yeah. if somebody has a nice house, you know, it's a symbolism of that. So, Well, even, who was it last night, Kimberly Miller, our friend, sharing about yeah. some of these families, they, they can't afford a house. They're literally, with children, 
they're living in abandoned houses because yeah. they just can't afford I mean, how, it. And how, how do you how do you have dignity when you go home and you're living in a house and it's that, a piece of trash? Yeah, it's a, oh. it's a, yeah you, you just don't have so unsafe. You, yeah. By by real estate development, you're actually restoring dignity to a land. You're restoring dignity to people. Yeah. And you're providing the housing, and you're you're getting all the riffraff cleaned up by getting rid of the vacancies. You're cleaning up the city, and so housing really, really, really is the hub. I mean, all these all these community uh, organizations that we're pulling from that provide help for families, it's all centered around housing. Yeah, yeah. It, it's interesting, you know, you know. So here you go, starting in the ministry, help, wanting to help the poor and <laughs> doing the yeah. real estate to well, make money to do this other thing, yeah. and now. You're actually doing it, but your ministry is now 24/7. That's right, Tom. And you're and you you're and you're actually making money doing it. You're That's you're right. actually running a profitable business. That's right, and it's the kingdom thing. And you know what? Let me speak to reformers. Come on! Because what we want to do as as ministers, as reformers, is we want to go plant a church. Okay. <laughs> and now, don't get me wrong. I was a church planner. I there's value in church planning. Yeah. But sometimes going and planting a church isn't what is needed. Right. You got to find you got to find the need. There's, there's, there's a reality outside of the church walls yeah. that sometimes we think, well, if we just start a church and we can do church and then we'll, we'll change a region. That's not necessarily true. We have to right. find the need, right? And, I, and thankfully, the Lord kind of just directed me in this, but I see the need of poverty. And yeah. what's, the, what's the hinge pen of poverty? Well, I've, I discovered that it's, it's real estate. It's, it's wow. families. It's, right, it's this wow. housing issue. And so I want to encourage I mean, you Jesus about, cared about the poor. He right. said they'll always be be with you, but he also said give to the poor. Yeah. I mean, he he really cared about the poor all the time, encouraging people to be generous to the poor, and right. uh, you know, so if, he cares. If you're if there are any reformers out there, they're like, well, what what am I supposed to do? How do I find my calling? I say, there is so much need in the world. Just pick one, pick and need. try it, and then yeah. see what the Lord unfolds. And as you are try finding the needs in the world, don't just sit in the church. Find needs in the world and let the Lord unfold a yeah. calling and an assignment on your life. Right. You know, let your light shine before man. Come on. Right. See, this is, I believe that's what you're doing. You're letting your light shine before 153 families and more, you know, and wow, right? Yeah. You're not hiding it under a bushel. That's right. You know, and you're not trying to do it once a week and a Sunday, you know, and God bless the people that are doing that. But but honestly, and he, 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 says, he says the kingdom of God is like a lump of leaven, a woman stuck in a measure of dough, and the whole thing was leaven. I, I believe if we had, you know, you and 10 more of you and 100 more and 1,000 more of you, we would see transformation in the inner city. And, you, and, and, and honestly, if the root cause has been changed and eradicated, at least mostly, which I believe it has, I believe racism is really on the way out, and, and the laws yeah. are certainly changed. That's right. Well, then now it's just, now it's fixable. Now, let's now, it now it's, let's, let's just go fix it. That's it. You know, so now it's just bootstrapping. It's just getting one person at a time changed and on board and they're wide open, right? Everybody, everybody's willing to be helped out of poverty, aren't they? That's right. And, and we do it in the name of Jesus. Woo. <laughs> let me, let me say one more thing to reformers. I just want to encourage do reformers. It. So. I, by the way, had zero background in real estate, zero <laughs> background in business. You were an English teacher. Grew up poor. How do you? How does a poor a guy? Poor English teacher. How does a poor guy have 153 houses and yeah. is now starting a, you know, a movement in Kansas City and in the inner city? Well, it was because I was a willing vessel, Bob. Yeah. 
I was a willing vessel. I was, I was crazy enough to risk and just have yeah. some faith and let the, let the Lord unfold yeah. what was already in my heart. You know, I, God yeah. instilled this desire for poverty and even the abolitionists, this, this, this thing against racism. I've, I grew up having this. Yeah. You know, my, my hero was Martin Luther King Jr. Yeah, as a kid. Awesome. Which is, so if you just have faith and you see a need and you step out in faith and you're a willing vessel, the Lord really will unfold it. And you just, you just got to stay along with the ride and be faithful. And um, he really will. I mean, there's no reason why, as far as a, just a, <laughs> if you just looking at it and say, how does a guy like that do that? Well, I, I was just along yeah. for the ride. Bob. You know, it's, it's you know I'm a firm believer in, you know, take that step. You know, I, I say God can't steer a parked car. You know, just get, get rolling. And then get moving, and you know, exactly right. it's like one of my favorite quotes is uh, George George S. Patton, who says, "A a a good plan, violently executed today, is better than a perfect plan next week." Yeah, that's <laughs> you right. know, it's like just go start. We'll never have the right plan out of the gate, but we always will change it. Man, good good word, buddy. Good word for the for yeah. the reformers. So you reformers out there, it's time to. Get, in, get engaged, follow your passion, and turn your ministry into your business Come and your, your business into your ministry. There's no difference. Go do it. All right, Cody Purcell and House Guys says- Thank you guys, thanks for having me. Rock it out. All right, we'll see you next week. God bless.